This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 346. In today's episode, I want to talk about Fujifilm's latest X-Summit, which happened last Wednesday, May 24th, 2023, in Bangkok, Bangkok, Thailand at 5 a.m. Eastern Time. Now, during this latest X-Summit, Fujifilm announced their latest camera, the Fujifilm XS20 which is designed specifically for content creators. Now, in addition to the new camera, Fujifilm also announced a new XF 8mm f3.5 lens. And their third and final item announced during the event was the new Fujifilm X app for iOS and Android, a new camera control app that works with select models of Fujifilm cameras. And it's been a long time in the making. Most people have been complaining about how poorly Fujifilm's current remote app works for the last five or so years. But let's talk about the new XS20 first. Now, the following are the specs for this new camera. The lens mount is Fujifilm X, of course. Sensor resolution is 26.1 megapixels. The image sensor is 23.5 by 15.6 millimeters, which is APS-C CMOS. It has five-axis sensor shift in-body image stabilization. There are no built-in ND filters, and it can capture both stills and video. Now, as far as shutter speed, mechanical shutter, one four-thousandth of a second to 900 seconds in manual mode, one four-thousandth to 9,000 seconds in shutter priority mode, one four-thousandth to 30 seconds in program mode, one four thousandths to 30 seconds in aperture priority mode and uh, aperture priority mode uh, to 60 minutes in bulb mode, excuse me. Uh, the electronic shutter is capable of one thirty-two thousandths of a second to 900 seconds when used in manual mode. Now, it does not have a bulb mode, so that uh, bulb or time mode, no. ISO sensitivity for photos, 160 ISO to 12,800 in manual mode. Extended mode is 80 to 51,200. Now for video, it's 125 to 12,800 in manual or auto mode. Now the metering methods it's capable of are average, center-weighted average, multi, spot, and TTL 256. For exposure mode, you have aperture priority, manual, program, and shutter priority. For exposure compensation, you have minus 5 to plus 5, 5 EV and one-third EV steps. White balance is 2,500 to 10,000 Kelvin, and it has presets of auto, color temperature, custom, fine, fluorescent, cool white, and fluorescent daylight. Now, as far as continuous shooting, with the electronic shutter, you can get 20 frames per second at 26.1 megapixels for up to 256 frames JPEG 
or 28 frames raw. Now, the electronic shutter can also do 10 frames a second at 26.1 megapixels for up to 341 frames JPEG or 32 frames RAW. The electronic shutter can do up to 8 frames per second at 26.1 megapixels for up to 35 frames RAW. And the electronic shutter is also capable of up to 30 frames per second at 20.9 megapixels for up to 407 frames JPEG and 28 frames RAW. And the electronic shutter is also able to do 20 frames a second at 20.9 megapixels for unlimited frames JPEG and 30 frames RAW. Now, it does have interval recording and a self-timer with 2, 3, 5, and 10 second delay. Now, for image sizes, you have 3 by 2, which is 6240 by 4160, 4416 by 2944, 3120 by 2080. At 16 to 9 aspect ratio, you have 6240 by 3512, 4416 by 2488, and 3120 by 1760. And it can also do one to one at 4160 by 4160, 2944 by 2944, and 2080 by 2080. With aspect ratios of one to one, three to two, and 16 to nine, once again. The image file format, it can do HEIF, JPEG, RAW, and TIFF, and the bit depth is 16-bit. Now, for the video capture, internal recording modes H.264 All, Intra, H.264 Long, GOP, slash 8.265, slash 8.265 Long, uh, Long GOP, uh, Movie, MPEG-4, or MP4, MPEG-4, AVC. And it can do 422, 420, 8-bit, and 10-bit. At 6240 by 4160, at 24 frames per second, 25 and 30 frames per second, and 50 to 360 megabits per second transfer speed. For DCI 4K, you can get 4096 by 2160 at 24 25, 30, 50, and 60 FPS, 30 to 360 megabits per second. External recording modes, you have RAW, ProRes RAW, 12-bit via HDMI at 6240 by 4160, up to 30 frames per second. Uh, fast and slow motion support, yes. Recording limit, none. IP streaming, yes. Built-in microphone type, stereo. Audio recording, MOV, two-channel, 24-bit at 48 kilohertz, LPCM audio, MP4, ACC audio as well. Now, for the interface, media memory card slot, you have a single slot of, for SD, SDHC, and SDXC, UHS-1, two terabyte maximum capacity. Video I.O. is one times uh, micro HDMI output. Audio I.O. is 1 times 1 8 or 3.5 millimeter TRS stereo microphone input, uh, 1 by 1 8 3.5 millimeter TRS stereo. Other input outputs is a 1 by USB-C control monitor tether. Wireless is capable of 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi 802.11abg and Wi-Fi 4 802.11n Wi-Fi 5 as well. 
Mobile app compatible, yes, both Android and iOS. App name is the Fujifilm X app. Functionality, access stored files, adjust settings, firmware update, remote control, live view feed, and it will be available as of May of 2023. So the camera will be available later on this month, hopefully. Uh, although the month is about over, so um, it'll probably start shipping in June. Global positioning or GPS, GLONASS, uh, none. Monitor size for the rear LCD is three inches. The resolution is three by two at 1,840,000 dots. The display type is 180 degree tilting LCD. For the viewfinder, built-in electronic OLED, size is 0.39 inches. Resolution is 2.36 million dot. The eye point is 17.5 millimeters and the coverage is 100%. The magnification is approximately 0.62 times, and it has a diopter adjustment of minus four to plus two. Now for the focusing system, focus type is auto and manual. Focus mode, continuous servo AF, manual focus, single servo AF. Autofocus points, contrast detection, phase detection, 117 points. Built-in flash, yes. Guide number, 16.4 feet slash five meters at ISO 100. Maximum sync speed is one one eightieth of a second. External flash connection is hot shoe and proprietary. Operating temperature 32 to 104 degrees Fahrenheit or zero to 40 degrees Celsius. Operating humidity 10 to 80% non-condensing. Battery type is the NPW235 rechargeable lithium ion. So this one does take a better, bigger battery than the XS10. Tripod mounting thread, none. Uh, dimensions are 5 by 3.4 by 2.6 inches or 127.7 by 85.1 by 65.4 millimeters. Weight is 1.1 pounds or 491 grams with battery and the recording media. 0 0.9 pounds or 410 grams body only. So those are the technical specs for this new camera. And like I said, it's a content creator's camera. The PA, PSAM dial actually has a vlogging mode on it. And when you use that, you get specific features for vloggers. Now this camera does have the updated autofocus that the X-T5 and the X-H2 and X-H2S have. Now, one thing to keep in mind, this camera, the 26.1 megapixel sensor is not the fifth generation sensor. It is the fourth generation sensor. The same one that's in the X-T4, the X-E4, the X-Pro3, the X-100V, but it does have the fifth generation processor that the X-T5 and the X-H2 and 2S both have. So that's why you get the much more advanced autofocus system on this body. Now, this is a pretty good body. It, it does have really good specs. It's more of a video heavy, heavy camera, but it is also capable of good stills as well. So it's sort of a hybrid, but I would call it more of a video centric camera. Now, the asking price for this body only is $12.99 US dollars. And of course, I'm sure they'll have uh, some lens kit options as well for various price points. Um, so 
this camera can definitely appeal to a wide variety of users, no doubt about that. Um, and I think it's going to be a pretty popular camera. Um, I somewhat think it's a little bit expensive uh, for being more of an entry-level body, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I know uh, Sony just released their ZV-E1 Mark II, and that only sells for like $900, so considerably cheaper than this vlogging-centric uh, Fujifilm body. So we'll have to wait and see how things kind of flesh out with this new body, you know, this new camera body, see how it's going to work out and judge it from there. Now, for the new lens, the XF 8mm f3.5 lens has the following specs. It's Fujinon XF 8mm f3.5 RWR, so it is weather-resistant. Lens configuration is 12 elements in nine groups, includes two spherical and two ED elements. Focal length is 8 millimeters, which is 12 millimeters in full frame equivalent field of view. The angle of view is 121 degrees. Max aperture is F3.5. Minimum is F22. For the aperture control, number of blades, nine in a rounded diaphragm opening. Step size is one to three EV in 17 steps. Minimum focus distance measured from focal plane is 0.18 meters. Max magnification is 0.07 times. External dimensions, uh, 68 millimeters by 52.8 millimeters. Weight, approximately 215 grams. And the front filter thread size is 62 millimeters. Accessories that are included with the lens are the front lens cap, the FLCP62 Mark II, the rear lens cap RLCP-001 with lens hood and lens wrapping cloth. Now, with this new lens being an 8mm, again, it's 12mm in full frame field of view. And I originally thought this was a silly lens choice to make on Fujifilm's part. They already have the 8-16 to lens. But then on the other hand, that is a very heavy lens and it's very expensive at $1,500 where this new 8mm lens is $800. So half the price. And since it's a zoom at f2.8, it is certainly too heavy to use for content creation, the 8 to 16, that is. I still kind of think that the lens is not really something that Fujifilm needed in their lineup, but with there being more and more content creators, maybe it does make sense. And again, it's $800, so half the price of the 8 to 16 and considerably lighter, easier to manage when you're a single uh, person show. YouTube channel or whatever, like I am, you know. Now, there are a couple things about this summit that bothered me. And the first one is that Fujifilm did not announce any new flagship bodies, which is a little bit unusual. Now, I was hoping that they would have announced maybe the X-Pro4, but since I only got my X-Pro3 a little over a month ago, so I'm not personally in any hurry for an X-Pro4. But it has been quite a while since the X-Pro3 was released and it's due for a new generation. And it was also recently discontinued by Fujifilm. So I was a little bit surprised by that. Now I'm going to take a short break right here and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. 
The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So continuing on, the second item that disappointed me was the new Fujifilm X app for smartphones. Now, don't get me wrong, it is a million times better than the previous Fujifilm camera remote app, which has always been a bit of a train wreck. The new app is wonderful compared to their old one. And I was looking forward to getting rid of the old app altogether, but it appears that I cannot, as the new app works with my two X-T4s, my X-E4, and my X-Pro3, but not with my GFX50R. Now, the old thing is, or the odd thing is, is during the X-Summit, the host said that the new app was compatible with most all Fujifilm cameras that have Bluetooth. And yet, it does not cover the 50R for some weird reason. Now, the other thing that's weird about this is the 50R was released the same month and day and year as the X-T3, and the X-T3 is supporting. So I don't know if they're going to add support for the 50R down the road or not. Now, last Thursday night, um, Patrick from Fuji Rumors told me that they he was involved in a tech talk with Fujifilm, and that Fujifilm said they'd be adding support for the older GFX100, but no word on the 50R. And I really want my 50R supported since the old app, I can only geotag my images manually each time I take a photo. And the new app is automatically sending the GPS data to my camera from the phone every 10 seconds, which is more in line with how it works with the Canon app that I used when I shot with their camera systems. Now, I've been asking to see if there's any chance that they will add support for my 50R. I reached out to both Fujifilm as well as Patrick from Fuji Rumors, but so far, crickets from both on whether or not it'll be supported at some point. I tried emailing Fujifilm directly as well as reaching out to them via social media, but they haven't answered me. But I am trying to remain hopeful. Now, with the new X app, I was able to add my other four cameras quickly and easily, and the control and pulling images from the cameras is easy and fast with no major hiccups. Now, some people did report that the app loaded with nothing but a black screen and they had to tinker with it and get it to get it to work and it appears that there were some bugs as fujifilm pulled the app to work on it some more uh, but those of us that already had the app installed could keep using it now they have since released a new update as of yesterday uh, that seems to have fixed those glitches so the app is much more usable for everybody now Everybody seems to be pretty happy with it. Now, I still personally have no need for the new camera as I'm happy using my action cameras or one of my X-T4s to shoot my YouTube videos. But I can see the appeal of the new XS20, especially when the PSAM dial has the vlog mode that I mentioned earlier that automatically optimizes all your video settings for content creation as well as the AF system. Um, because this mode also engages the new what they call product showcase mode, where the AF system will switch between your face and any object you hold up in front of the camera. 
Now, that's similar to Canon's dual pixel AF system that can do the same thing. But it's been my experience so far, my AF on my X-T4 and X-E4, which I've used both for shooting my YouTube videos, is capable of doing pretty much the same thing. So I'm not as knowledgeable on what the enhancement is on the product showcase mode, because like I said, if you watch my YouTube videos, you'll see videos I've done recently where I held up the camera bodies in front of my face or a lens and the X-T4 would lock onto the lens, have tack sharp focus on it. And when I put it back down, it would lock back onto my face using the, the IAF without any problems at all. Now, as I said earlier, pricing and availability for the new camera and lens, the XS20 will be selling for $1,300 US for the body only. And the lens is $800. Um, both will start shipping in late June. That's it, around the 29th, according to B&H Photo. Uh, I've looked that up just recently and that's, the time frame that B&H has posted. Although sometimes B&H seems to get their stock later than others. Sometimes Adorama will have them a few days earlier. I don't know why. Um, so you may want to check both sites. So this was what was announced at the Fujifilm X Summit for May. And now all we can do is wait and see if the GFX 100 and maybe my 50R will be supported with a future version of the new app. Now, in addition, to, in order to use the app, I did want to make sure I mention this. You have to verify that your camera is on the list of supported cameras. And I'll put the link to that web, Fujifilm website in the show notes so you can check for yourself. And you do have to have your camera updated to the latest firmware because Fuji dropped a ton of new firmware updates on May 25th, last Thursday, to accommodate the cameras being able to use the new X app. So you do have to update your firmware as well. Now, we will also continue to wait and see if there will be a new body, flagship body at some point, in maybe in the XE line. If not a flagship body, maybe we'll get a new XE body like the XE5 or the X-Pro4 or maybe an X-T40. I don't know. I don't think Fuji's going to continue the X-T double-digit line only because they did the X-T30 and then instead of doing a 40, they did a 30 Mark II. And they've now discontinued that body as well. So who knows? Uh, many of the existing lines may be continued to be developed going forward. Maybe some of them are going to be killed off. Maybe they'll kill off the XE line. I don't know. Um, some people have speculated they might kill off the X-Pro line because supposedly the X-Pro 3 wasn't nearly as popular as the X-Pro 2, even though it had some major enhancements over the X-Pro 2. A lot of people were really turned off by the the rear LCD being hidden. I personally love it. And I know what Fuji was going for. They were trying to create a camera for street photographers. They would give you the feeling of shooting film again. That's why they had the sub panel that'll show your film simulations in the sub panel, just like in the old days. when we used to tear off a, a flap on our film box and tuck it in that little uh, tray on the back of the camera body to remind us what speed film we were using and what brand, a type of film we were using. So I really like that. And I don't chimp on my cameras as I shoot anyways. So it doesn't bother me at all that the rear LCD is hidden. I mean, the, my two X-T4s are the same way. They have the very angle touchscreen. Out of the box, the very angle touchscreen is hidden. It's not exposed. And that's how I keep mine all the time because I do not chimp. I don't look at the exposed rear LCD on my XE4 or my 50R when I shoot with them. I just don't do that. I'm not a chimper. 
I've been shooting for 40 years. I know enough about how to use my cameras. I don't need to chimp to see if I got the shot or not. I know when I snap the shutter, if I got the shot or not. So that's what they announced at the X Summit. We'll have to wait and see when their next X Summit will be. I'm sure they'll do another one before the end of the year with some new announcements. Um, what they'll announce at that time, I have no idea. All we can do is sit on pins and needles with bated breath and wait and see what comes later on this year. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group you can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at liamphotoatl if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com All right, that's going to wrap up episode 346 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. If you're not currently a subscriber to the show, why not? It's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you only a couple of seconds of your time to hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcatcher podcasting app, whatever you want to call it. Uh, doesn't cost you anything other than a couple seconds of your time. And I have a massive back catalog as of today of 346 episodes that you can go back and listen to at your leisure while you're working during the day or as you're commuting somewhere or on a trip or whatever the case may be. Also, please remember to stop by the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. Uh, you can join that group, post any comments or questions you have in there. Also, please stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media, hit the bell icon so you can be notified when new content drops and make sure you enter my 10,000 subscriber giveaway. You can find all of the details and the official rules. I'll put those in the show notes for today's episode as well. All right, that wraps this one up. I will see you all again on Sunday.